Hey, everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and the brightest from the world of business, marketing, and recruiting. Yes, we're getting back to recruiting on the show to help you harness your own inner tenacity and drive your career forward. My guest today on the podcast is fellow recruiter Rich Rosen. Rich is an absolute monster in the world of talent access and has been recognized by Forbes as one of the top 50 recruiters in America in 2020 and 2021. That's nice, man. It's not like when people are like, yeah, in, in 2007, I was on the list, right? It's like recent shit. So, Rich founded uh, Cornerstone Search back in 1996. I mean, we're talking, people were actually sending paper resumes back then oh, yeah. and has placed over 900 software executives and sales professionals with emerging software companies across the U.S. And he's been a through and through and out sales guy since his days working as a stockbroker with Morgan Stanley very early on and is still putting in that work every day on the phones. So we're going to get into it. And I'm excited to talk to a guy after my own heart and passion today. And of course, we're going to nerd out a bit in the world of recruiting. So let's get to it. Back to recruiting. Let's do it. Rich Rosen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Great to be here. Awesome. I'm excited to have this conversation. And before I hit the rewind button, and let's talk about present times for a quick moment here. You and I both know, especially in the last couple of years, that you know the barrier to entry to recruiting is so low and the technology is available where anybody, any Joe Schmo could walk off the street and become a quote unquote recruiter, lowball frickin fees, you know, throw shit resumes at the walls and see what see what sticks. But what does it really take? You know, what are those attributes of a real good, true self-made recruiter to make it in this space? Yeah, man. I mean, definitely the lowball fee guys are a complete joke, in my opinion. It's a complete fucking waste of time, <laughs> energy, and you're just leaving so much money on the table. You should be arrested for robbing <laughs> yourself. <laughs> you know, the uh, I mean, if you're going to do this job right, it's <clears throat> really straightforward. Uh, the funny thing, everyone, everyone overcomplicates this job. And if you're honest, you listen, and you actually do what you're going to say you're going to do, you can make a ton of money. I mean, it's really that simple. You just, you, I mean, I'm an old, I'm still an old school phone guy. I mean, mm -hmm. everyone thinks you're on email. I'm like, I don't know about you. Who the fuck goes through all your, your, your emails? <laughs> I mean, you can't do it. It's like listening to voicemails. It just doesn't happen. So. It's interesting you say that too. It's like, like, like you know, everyone mi migrated obviously, you know, to emails because it was easier. And it's also made recruiters, in my opinion, lazy. I've been guilty of it too, hiding behind emails, waiting for emails. But pick up the phone, and you know what? People, they may not call you. They, they, they see it, and if they, you know, they'll, they'll call, they'll, they'll call you back hopefully. But at least you're communicating and standing out differently than emails. And I, I've lost count how many placements I've made. Because I picked up the phone, the guy's like, "You're you're the first recruiter to actually pick up a phone." They've sent me a thousand emails, you know. But now if they see an email, then they see your name on a phone on your caller mm -hmm. ID or whatever. Well, you know, I'm more apt to pick it up. So it's, it's, 
Yeah, I mean it's fascinating, and and, and I want to hit the rewind button now and go back to where that mindset comes from. So let's hit the let's hit the the way back button, right? It's like we're gonna queue up like the MTV graphics from like the from like the the eighties and nineties here. But let's go back to you know you started as an intern at Morgan Stanley when it was called Morgan Stanley Dean Winter. I mean I yeah, really remember that. It wasn't even Morgan Stanley Dean. It was just Dean Winter. I, I don't even know, man. And I believe it was the end of your. So you were interning, right? You were it's your end of your first year at American University, right? Like, bring us back to twenty-year-old Rich Rosen. Yeah, yeah. What did you care about most of that time, and 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 why did you want to become a stockbroker? Oh my God, I love stocks. You can make so much money. It was the easy way to make money. I turned like five hundred bucks into like fifty grand when I was in high school, basically just investing. Uh, in it's funny, my. I actually used to buy like EMC. I buy it and sell it, buy it and sell it, you know. And now my next door neighbor is the CRO of EMC. <laughs> so or now Dell technically. So it's uh, it's literally come full circle. But the you know, but it was it, honestly it was great. And honestly, it was the best training ever because back then it was a lot of cold calling. So I taught you actually how to use the phone. And Not be scared. A gazillion dollars. I mean, literally, you go in the break room and say how much it cost the company. They would, it was literally like just watching like every cheesy brokerage brokerage you know movie, but it was um, I mean I, I was doing two things. I was working for this big broker down in Virginia, and I was managing 150 million dollars before I even technically got my license. I was directing what stocks to buy and not. It was right. awesome. it was it was killer, and then it was sort of taught me all about how to research companies, how much bullshit the Wall Street analysts really are. Because unless you're paying mm-hmm. them, they really don't know shit. So don't listen to your Wall Street analysts. <laughs> the the end of the day, it was just so many great skills um, until the guy went nuts, basically. But I got my license a week, my broker's license. We got up there, I turned 21 and, you know, got to get, develop clients, drove like a million dollars in in equity, you know, in assets into the company and stuff, into the firm. So it was awesome. I mean, you just learned so much and it was the best business to do prior to recruiting. So it just, yeah, I mean, the the train the training ground was there. I mean, were you ever scared early on in those days to pick up a phone and call somebody? I mean, how'd you work through that? You know, it's funny. I'm actually hired the first person I've had, ever had work for me in like, I don't know, probably six, seven, eight years. And I'm training him now. And, you know, this guy used to be a lawyer and everything else. And he used to be an inside sales. He gets on the phone here and all of a sudden he's super nervous. And I'm just like, why? I mean, I, I was, I never got nervous on the phone. I'm sure I did probably way back when at the first time, you know, the first mm-hmm. couple of calls. But once you realize no one's going to punch you in the face, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, no, I mean, what, what, what's the worst they could do? Hang up on you? Exactly. And you call back. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, sorry, did, did we lose that connection? Did, did we get cut off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do it. I've done it all the time. I, I always tell a story. I had a client of mine. He was the biggest jackass ever. And, um, I just made a note in my database. That guy's an asshole. I'll just call him to bother him someday. So I called him like right before Thanksgiving one year. And, you know, we ended up having this great conversation. And, and I was like, dude, you know what? I really called you back just to have some fun because honestly, you were such an asshole last time. This guy not only became one of my best clients ever, eventually even came to work for me. This is VP of sales. I mean, because you, you, you never know if someone's having a bad day or not. You know, you, know. you all have bad days. You say things you probably wish you hadn't said to people, especially guys cold calling. Uh, yeah. So, you, I mean, who cares? You, you never know. You, I mean, you, you you never know. Just smile smile and dial and pick up the phone there, too. I mean, the the, the current firms out there, I mean, I, I, I mean, listen, I, I haven't worked for a firm in five years since I went out on my own. But are they are they still preaching, you know, smile and dial or are they, hey, we got to move into the technology. We got to figure out these databases. We got to keep emailing. It's a, it's a volume game. It's a top of funnel game. It, well, all these. So listen, I, I, I worked for MRI for six months before I went on my own. All right. I closed my first deal, two deals, like 10th day on the job. All right. And made forty grand at like twenty three years old. Oh. I'm like, well, this is fucking awesome, God. You know, yeah. what's better than this? So, um, and I was like top five out of seventy seven guys in the Northeast every month for six months. And I said, 
you know, ciao. I'm like, this is, this is, uh, it doesn't make I'm any gonna sense. Keep, I'm going to keep all my fees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, it was honestly, it was the best move ever. Um, I mean, if you know, because your clients, I mean, your, your firms may not want to hear this, but at the end of the day, your clients don't care about your firm. They only care about if you're going to, who's ever providing the right bodies. They don't mm-hmm. care if you're with Joe Schmo or Hydrogen Struggles. Um, <clears throat> but no, the new firms, everyone that I talk to, you know, it, it, a lot of these millennial guys are all just like, oh, let's, we just got to send emails. It's, a, it's rude to call people. It's rude to text people without their permission. Fuck hmm. that. Dude, honestly, you have a job to do. You're not a social worker. Nope. Uh, listen, you it, if you don't have the mindset in this business that you are providing actual vital service, then you shouldn't be in this business. So, you know, you have to have that. You have to have the attitude of I'm doing what's right. You know, I'm helping these people. They don't even, maybe they don't know it yet, but I'm actually helping them. Number one. Number two, you know, I make more fucking money than most of them. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. see, my time is technically more valuable. And maybe that's a really <laughs> obnoxious way to look at it. But reality is it's the right way to look at it. Okay, so so let, let's let's kind of curveball here, right? You and I have heard this. You've heard this for the last thirty years. I've heard this for the last seven years. Being a recruiter, uh, you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me why the hell am I paying you twenty percent, twenty five percent of of the salary? What the hell are you doing? You're just you're just sending me a resume. Yeah. When you hear that, does your blood boil? Oh my god! I was like, well, do you want the right resume? You know, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I mean, and honestly, I I just had this conversation with a client yesterday. Like, oh my god, you're so expensive. I'm like. I am. <laughs> I literally. You know what's more? Exp- you know what's more expensive? Not having that open seat filled and losing three other people who are backfilling that person's role for the last six months. Well, that's, that's more expensive, especially in this market. I'm like, listen, you can go without, or you can find the guy over there's going to send you 50 resumes. I'm going to send you maybe three, maybe four, if I do, if I'm really unlucky. But you'll have this role filled in two weeks. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's 40 grand. But the end of the day is. Time it's an money. investment. And if I'm not an investment, then don't use me. And I'm placing sales guys even more. So I'm like, if you don't view sales guys as an investment, I'm probably don't want you as a client anyway. No. You know, no, and then it's you, mindset. you flip it all that, you flip it on them. And then they're just, then they're like, oh, well, <laughs> you know. Well, that's that's an interesting one there too. What's your criteria for working with uh, with someone working with you? Um, I, I, as I tell everyone, I'm like, I ever, I truly, I truly tell them I have a no putts policy, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, no one wants to work for an asshole. The one, the biggest thing that came out of COVID is no one wants to be micromanaged. No one wants to be, you know, people want to have fun at work now, you know, doesn't mean they don't want to work, but no one wants to work for the guy that's going to look over their shoulder and be pissed at them because they only did 99% of their quota or mm-hmm. they did, you know, or you had to check in 16 times a day. <clears throat> either treat me like an adult or don't fucking hire them. You know, so yeah. for me, you know, you got to have great culture. You got to have great people and you got to have, you know, you got to have realistic compensation. So, I mean, like my average hires stay, my average hires, um, my average hires stay on uh, twice as long as the industry average, you know, because I don't work with assholes, you know, I mean, yeah. so I mean, that's, so the, the end of the day is it makes a big difference. Your clients respect you, your candidates respect you. And, you know, I don't send junk out. I tell people this is what it is. And they understand, you know, what the what's going on. Yeah. And and, it, and it's client services too, right? You build that yeah. reputation that takes a long time and you and you really hold to it. So let me ask you this. How'd you make the move? Let's hit the rewind button again. How'd you make the move from stockbroker into recruiting? I mean, looking back <laughs> on it now, it's a very logical progression with very similar skill sets. But what drew you into the recruiting world? Yeah. Um, funnier story, I suppose. So after I worked for this guy down in Virginia, he went crazy, um, moved up to backed up to Boston, worked for this little Napoleonic dude who's still surprisingly running an office for, for Bo- in Boston. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I was the number one rookie broker for the six months there and brought in a million dollars swinging bonds and, and drips. And I was teaching my manager more than he was teaching me. And he was like, like, he didn't even know what a drip was, which it's a whatever. It's an income preferred security. But, but I can look it up. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so six months goes by. I'm like, I brought a million bucks in selling fucking bonds to people, just picking up the phone. And he's like, oh, you're not ready to go on your own. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. I'm either going on my own on Monday or, you know, whatever. You can go fuck yourself. And basically, <laughs> I had to, basically he's like, go fuck yourself. So, Bye. <laughs> so I left. And literally, um, you know, which was really because I, I always wanted to be a stockbroker, to be honest with you. I really wanted to get on Wall Street, but I'm way about a foot too short to actually work on Wall Street of what I found. So the um, <laughs> so I don't even know what that means and why. Because like, you can't see over the other people oh on the floor. God. Back then it was like if you were like back then everyone was like six feet tall. It was like a, it was like a professional sport because people were just chucking, pushing. And, uh, it was yep. like an animal pit, mosh pit. Um, which I also found later. It's probably even a better thing. It was a big old Coke den too, but yep. that's all another conversation. The, um, but so I, you know, I figured, I don't know. I, I heard about this recruiting thing and I'm like, listen, I'll go try it. If I like it, I'll start my own firm. If I don't like it, I'll find myself a job. It's a fucking recruiting firm, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I went there, like I said, went to MRI in Boston. My first, you know, did the training thing. My first 10 days on the job before training was even over, I found a client, placed two people. <laughs> like I got this. Yeah, I'm like, this is great. I mean, I literally, the, the, the place had a phone system literally a year older than I was alive, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, this was like thermal fax paper. I mean, I bought literally the first computer as 77 recruiters, you know, for MRI in New England ever. That is, that's a fun, that's a, that's a fun fact in it, in, in it there. And what do you, what do you attribute that early success to? Was it that core foundation in, in sales and stocks and understanding the mindset of the speed to market and, and, and matching opportunities? Is it you know, the arbitrage? You know, honestly, I was doing healthcare at the time. I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, which is, you know, software sales. I was doing healthcare, nursing homes, long-term care facilities and stuff like that. And the big thing I contributed to is, you know, where they're saying make 50 calls a day, I was making 150 calls a day. And then, you know, I always just taught myself a long time ago was just, you know, whenever the day is done, make one more phone call. You know, it's an extra five calls a week. It's an extra 20 calls a month. You know, that. 240 more a year. I mean, it's like that's an extra week for most people. Yeah, know? let's 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 pause on that for a second. When I got when I got into recruiting, that was one of the first lessons learned to me. And I and I do it daily to this point. Mm-hmm. Send send one more email. Look yeah. another 15 minutes for that role. Reach back out to that to that client. And 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 I have a mantra that's plan your work and work your plan. And my recruiting uh, mentor day one when I stepped into recruiting before I even said he said, listen, I'm going to teach you a couple things here. I'm going to teach you the art and science of it. But every morning. Plan your work and work your plan tactically, emotionally, be yep. ready to go. But when I was doing the pre-show prep, you say plan and plan some more. Um, what are your top like two or three protocols and systems that you put into place for your own productivity? Let's get so, tactical. Let's give these people some real I rich rose and secret shit here. <laughs> no, I love it. Listen, uh, I'm all about planning. Like if you don't know what you're going to do for the day, you're fucked. It's like going to the gym and... I don't know what I'm going to work on. I use post-its. I use post-its. Yeah. Old school. I, I mean, I, I, I do. I mean, I use everything in my database. Like I'm one of the actual people that actually uses their ATS system like it's meant mm. to be used, like <laughs> which people are totally missing out when they're not they're just using it as a resume deposit repository. It's the dumbest thing ever. I don't understand how and why they do it that way. But if you actually use your database, like I use Crelate, great database to use. You know, it's so easy. You put everyone, everyone in your system. So I, my system is pretty straightforward. You get everyone, you know, in the database, your admin throws them in there, whatever. They find the phone numbers, automatically hits outplay, 
automatically emails them out the, you know, email the night before. Next day I call them. You know, here's my plan. I'm going to work this job, you know, make whatever for an hour or two. Then I'll work this job for an hour or two. And you just go right down there with the job dashboard. If you use PC Recruiter, it's the roll-up list. You know, you just go right down the list and your plan's built for you. It's not like the old days you had to write, you know, handwrite these old blotters back in the 90s. It was crazy. Um, but that's it. I mean, that's the plan. It's, it's it, you know, automation, you know, and then just following up phone calls. And then you got the drip campaign and you just make sure you're setting yourself up to, you know, to work on. You go closest to the money. Yeah, I mean, that's that's absolutely true. And, and I want to get back to it too. I mean, Listen, people called you the cold call killer. I mean, that's kind of a weird one. It's almost like a serial killer kind of thing there. I would be careful with that one. But, I'll, but, but I mean, I'll, t- I'll take it if you put the numbers by. Call me whatever the fuck you want if I'm making a ton of money, right? But, you know, when you think about new recruiters these days, what are they what are they missing? I mean, is it gotten... I'll tell you what, mi- you know, what is it that they're missing out on and why are they just becoming, not becoming great recruiters? I'll flip it. They're, la- they're lazy. They're not used to the phones. You know, they hear all the every every trainer out there, not every trainer, most trainers out there, they advertise marketing, you know, email marketing. This, you know, you know, you know, no one's there. Cold calls dead. I mean, it's it's complete bullshit because they don't know how to teach kind of cold call. And it's hard. You know, Mm -hmm. I send an email out. I get a response potentially, even if it's a no. Well, someone got back to me. Oh, my God, this is awesome. But as a trainer, as a marketer, I mean, it's what's easier to sell. (laughs) I mean, email marketing or cold calling. You know, cold calling is a lot of fucking work. It's a lot of goddamn rejection. But you know what? Like, I mean, this new guy hired. I mean, this guy's doing, you know, 500 calls a week in his first week. You know, I mean, yeah, it sucks. But you got to you know, train him. Yeah. What? You had to get him up to speed, yeah. though, up to your systems. That's and it. And he sees the results. That's it. Listen, if I'm, if I'm looking to work for somebody and I'm looking at the numbers you put up, I mean, you told me in an email that you literally had an epic freaking quarter and an epic month and everything. Yeah. I want to learn from that guy. I want to emulate what he's doing. I want to follow what he's doing. And I want the same success. Who the fuck wouldn't want that? Yeah, I, I, Get the hell out of this business. Yeah, well, that's it. If people don't want to. But that's the, this is the thing. I find most recruiters, they, they want to shortcut everything. You know, they either want to, you know, they want to cut corners on. They don't want to, you know, pick up the phone. They want internal recruiters to do all, you know, do the follow-ups for them. They don't want to do anything. They, they just want to flip a resume in. They don't want to actually ask the tough questions. You know, God forbid, you know, you push someone and say, you know, even though the laws are like, don't ask salary. All right, well, there's plenty of ways to get the compensation out of them. I mean, do your job. We work it. We know what we're doing here. Exactly. And it, listen, I mean, if someone's looking for a job, they really don't want to give you their income or even a ballpark. I mean, they're not that serious, number one. And they're probably going to be a prima donna. They're going to break your heart anyway. So why deal with them? But there's, um, you know, there's, uh, you just got to, you, you know, these kids nowadays, they don't want to, or whatever, whoever joins, they just, they're too busy, you know, kind of working. Relying on the tech. Well, they, I think, you know what, it's funny, because like, I don't work on my business that much. I think most recruiters spend all their time working on the business, so they actually have to work the business. In the business. You know, and they're not making all the phone calls. They're just real. I mean, how do you fill up your day? I mean, if someone gets enough of a response rate every single day, where their day is packed with calls, then share that secret, because <laughs> I'm not getting yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I remember going back to my early days when I was working at search firms and I didn't have to put a portion of my time into managing my actual business the day-to-day and the, my, my getting my word out there and everything. I would look down on my calendar and I would literally block out, you know, 12 to 12.30, 12.30 to 1 just for lunch. And if I was having a good week, I had no problem canceling over my lunch. I'll eat when I can for a bite here in between calls and everything. If you don't have that motivation, it, it's it, it's fascinating. So I want to talk about candidate motivation for a little bit. And that was another early lesson that I learned is the art of recruiting. 
And the art of recruiting is understanding a candidate's motivation because that's the leverage there. The podcast is brought to you in partnership with Venturi, the recruitment operating system, the all-in-one tech platform purposely built for recruitment and staffing to unify your front, middle, and back office operations. Venturi is designed by recruiters for recruiters. Both the company and the platform are the unique creations of successful recruiters who sold their business, saw a need for a better recruitment tech, and made it happen. And if you're looking to upgrade your recruitment tech and give your recruiters a new modern operating system, visit venturi.io slash podcast. That's V-I-N-C-E-R-E dot I-O backslash P-O-Z-C-A-S-T for an exclusive offer. Thanks. Inside baseball here, when you get on a phone, a phone call with a candidate for the first time, how do you, what are those type of questions, those lines of questions to get to their motivation? And let's yeah. talk about the different types of motivation for people to change jobs. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I'm, I'm super straightforward. I'm really, I'm a big fan of the whole keep it simple, stupid plan, you know? The, uh, I ask him, I'm like, listen, hey, you know, we get you, you, got, you know, got you at a good time, blah, blah, blah. And it's the first question. So let me ask you a question. You open to making a move. <laughs> I mean, it's right out of the gate. It's not that challenging, right? Yes, no, no. Why? Yes, great. Tell me about it. I mean, either way, it's a great opener, right? And it's so you say no. I, you know, I'm not interested. I'm not looking. You know, talk to later. <laughs> then you tell them about the role anyway. You give them the highlights of the role. Suddenly they're interested because interested because what's everyone's first inkling? No, I'm not interested. Anytime someone asks you to buy anything, even if you're not selling anything, no. it's your default, your protection, it's your defense. Exactly. But then you you know you let them calm down. You give them a little insight, and then like oh you know well, who do you know that may be interested in this? Suddenly well you know and I might be interested in it. And then, you know, or even to say, yes, even better, you know, but tell me what's going on in your current company. You know, why would you make a move? And literally the blunt question works, but it's all how you say everything. It's all about tone and energy. Like I talk loud. Like This is how I talk on all my calls. I'm on speakerphone Dude. on a mic all day long. It's, 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 it's actually interesting. I mean, listen, I mean. I find myself because I, I I am right there with you, man. I put a ton of energy, and I, it's almost a performance with each call with the candidate. I'm literally going out there, and I'm and I'm and I'm selling, and I'm working it too. It's ex- at the end of the day when you have a heavy phone call day, I'm drained. I don't know about you, like I am I am like emotionally and physically drained. How much work it takes to be on because that's making money, that's closing yeah. deals, that's uh, keeping your clients happy and and taking care of candidates. But that's I mean, but that's that's the fun of the job. I mean. I mean, like my wife's got a great, got a good job. She, you know, works as a consultant and everything. And I'm like, I would blow my brains out. <laughs> hey, you know, every day we're going to do the same thing, which in their company every day is like a new reorg. So it's kind of stupid. But every day they just, they do a new reorg. And you know, you know what? This is what you're going to make this year. You could work a thousand extra hours. Like I can sit in front of the TV, plan for tomorrow and, you know, make a hundred grand a month next week. Yeah, I, I love it too. My it's funny. My my wife's an attorney, and I have no same thing, right? Like, yeah, you do the same thing every day. Yeah. And it's like you know, and and I'm no, it's no. I'm I'm not casting any shade or anything on the people that make a paycheck, but once you get into a sales role where you eat what you kill, if you don't kill, you don't eat. If I'm not closing roles, if I'm not closing candidates, clients, I'm not putting food on the table, and that and that's and that's a, and that's a, a a motivator. And I think that's another thing that's happening out there. I mean, I, I have friends that do R to R recruiting. And I'm seeing these recruiters out there getting incredibly high base salaries. Oh and we're talking agency recruiters. I'm like, where's the motivation? Yeah. That's a safety net. That's lazy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I, I've been on, like, when I started MRI, I, they're like, oh, here's your, you know, you can get this crappy draw for 360 bucks every two weeks or some ridiculous thing because I'm so old now. 
but it was uh it, it was i'm like dude just keep it i'm like what am i gonna do with that i'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna starve with it or i'm gonna starve without it i'm like who cares if i'm not any good so that's why i've always I, i've been on straight commission going you know for 26 years yeah, you know? I mean that's a that's a motivator, but yeah. you got to be disciplined, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, take you right, you take your vacation time, you take your time off because you've earned it, and you got to keep you got to keep things moving. So as a solopreneur, and I think you just made your first hire there too. Like, how do you manage it when you take time off and 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 go on vacations and have rich time? You know, you know, honestly, I probably take like it's funny because I do this podcast, everyone's like, oh, you never take any, you don't do anything. I'm like, I probably take more vacation than anyone. I probably take at least eight, if not twelve weeks a year off. You know. Um, just between conference, couple of conferences that are more fun for Pinnacle Society, or you know, we do a couple of big trips or whatever. But honestly, I I don't I like working. I don't really care. <laughs> I don't need the downtime. Like I went on a big trip last summer. I literally didn't open my laptop for two weeks. That's was awesome. the longest I'd ever gone in my entire career. That you know since. But how did years. but how did you ma- how did you manage? Is it like how did you manage the clients and candidates' expectations? You're like, hey guys, I'm gonna yeah. put you in a good place, and I'm checking out. Like that's it. Yeah, I mean, I literally I told him exactly the deal. You know, if you're really, if it's really something great, I mean, I'm urgent. You know, send me a text, and you know, maybe I'll get it. I was out in the middle of the Indian Ocean, so I mean, like, I didn't really have like killer Wi-Fi or anything. So it was, dude, I didn't really care. Honestly, it was, it was, it was the first time it ever been like that. To be honest with you, but you just you did otherwise. I just check it. I, otherwise, if we're like you know doing a big trip, but there's we're kind of stationary a little bit more, right? Um. I would normally check every day and happy to do it, you know? So, but it's, it, it, you just got to block it off. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And some people need more than I do, but I'm like, someone's going to pay me 30, 40, 50,000 bucks. I generally have no problem checking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a good motivator. And I want to ask you this too. Listen, you've been at this a long time and is there, is there an end in sight? Is there a succession plan or, you know, is it when you hang it up, that's it? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really haven't thought about it. I mean, eventually I'll slow it down. I mean, I work, a, I do work a ton of hours, but I'm like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> you know, so you go to the gym, you go travel, you do whatever, play poker and all that good stuff. But, you know, eventually it will uh, figure it out when we get there. But I don't know. I got probably 10 plus years to go and a lot of money left on the table, man. There's a lot of money left on the table there. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about current events. And I've heard you say in a recent interview that this is the most candidate leaning market that you've ever seen. Let's break that down. Um, you know, be, beyond the pandemic and all that, what are some of these less talked about factors that are, you know, I, I hate the term great resignation. I, I actually don't even say that. I say the great migration because mm-hmm. people are actually migrating. And that's where we as recruiters, we capitalize on that arbitrage there. <clears throat> but what, do you, what are you seeing and feeling in the market there? Because someone also once said to me recently that like, hey, this is this is a a f- uh, not a fake, but it's 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 a it's a it's a manufactured by by circumstances candidate market. Yeah, I mean, well, even pre-COVID, it was ridiculous. The market was absurdly hot. Um, but now, I mean, all these baby boomers are just retiring. It's not even the, the resignation. It's just they're retiring. I it's mean, labor they, shortage. People knew this was coming anyway. It, you know, it's just like another good fancy marketing term. Um, it's just, you know, millennials don't want to work as hard. I mean, good or bad as a whole. I mean, you know, people can argue all they want, but it is what it is. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, you talk to these guys out in California, they have a good week and they take a year off after, you know, for a go. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but uh, people don't want to work as hard. I mean, now they're talking about putting this like 32 hour work week into play, which is oh, the four day work week. What about my clients that work on Fridays? Exactly. Well, what about the pay cut they're going to take for only working 32 hours, you know, 
Or, you know, are they really going to work the extra eight hours, those extra hours every day? Mm. I doubt it. They don't want to work the hours they're working now. But anyhow, the the end of the day, I mean, the, the candidates right now are, are completely unrealistic. And, you know, I tell them all, I mean, like, listen, we can get you, you know, I can try to get you more money. But just remember, you know, it's more money for me, so I'm happy to do it. But when the market turns around in six months, a year, you're probably the first guy fired. You know, and I, I call that the great recalibration when yeah. the rubber hits the road, because right now c- companies are paying above and beyond and they're offering, let's say, for example, someone's manager level. Why wouldn't they go for a director level that they may not be ready for? A company's desperate. You know, they need to fill that role because they don't want people leaving attrition. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Six months in, they're like, shit, we just hired Mike or Sally or Sue and they suck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just had, <laughs> I just had this conversation 20 minutes ago with a client. Actually, They're not exactly. ready for that level yet. They're not there yet. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And they, they push it up and then a bad manager just screws up the whole tree. If they're just micromanaging or they're just giving bad advice or they have no advice whatsoever. Now, what are they left to do? They're just going to, you know, manage by numbers. And, you know, yeah, they that's correct, right. need that. But, that's not right. Yeah. But then you, 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 that's why, I mean, I push culture over comp all the time. And, you know, one, I believe it. Two, it instills to these candidates and the clients, too, that you're not in it just for your own commission, breathing, you know, success. But you actually want to build a long-term relationship. I mean, listen, culture, Rich, culture, culture is the buzzword du jour right now. It means different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you talk about culture? How do you define culture when talking to candidates? You know, it's good culture. What does it even look like? Like, We're not going back to the days of working in an office when you have cold brew on tap and ping pong tables and, you know, the snack fridge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I tell all these clients, I mean, that's, that's a fucking waste of time. And who cares if you're, especially for the guys I place, you're not in the office anyway. So who cares? And if you're in the office, how the fuck do you have time to do it? <laughs> I mean, and, and then still want a 32 hour work week, you know, or a four day a week work week, whatever you want to call it. But no, I, I mean, to me, it's all about, you know, what's the chemistry with the manager like? I mean, are you, is this guy a guy that's going to really just need to know where you are at two o'clock on Thursday? Or is he a guy that's going to be able to, you know, you can actually, you know, have an honest conversation with. You can take a day off because your kid's sick or whatever, you know, whatever. Right. You, need. you know, real stuff, not just the here's the corporate line. No, you know, know which rules to follow, which not to follow kind of stuff. No, that's critically important. But what are, what are generally speaking, I mean, what are candidates getting wrong and doing wrong these days? What, how are they shooting themselves in the foot? Uh, are they just being greedy? I mean, aside from yeah. just being greedy. And I can't really fault, like, let's just pause for a second here. I cannot fault somebody for trying to take advantage of the comp arbitrage going on right now. I can't, but they're not setting themselves up for success. No, no. Candidates are screwing themselves up by a couple of things. One, they're greedy, which again, to your point, I totally get. Why wouldn't you? If I can get an extra 25, 30 grand today, I'll worry about tomorrow, you know, when it comes. So I I don't, I don't fault him. I mean, I did have one guy who literally told me he needed to double his, his base salary. Yeah, and he was dead serious, and I'm like, you are fucking crazy. But hey, client wants to run with you, then that's on him. You know, I'll let him know. <laughs> so I did, and the client's actually running with it. So the more like, money you make. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, whatever. But I think candidates are doing a couple of things. One, they're super greedy. They don't go. They come in completely unprepared. They're prima donnas, and they oftentimes they they go to the even cold, and they're just like, well, tell me why I should work for you. It just doesn't work. No, I mean, who does it come off all? Exactly. Who wants to hire someone that's, uh, you know, kind of come across all about that? You know, yeah. it's it's just it's like it's it's still the company's ball. It's their rules. You know. Yeah, so, and what I mean, what are your thoughts out there? I mean, if you even I don't even know if you spend any time on LinkedIn, you know, scrolling here, but there's so many of these these quote unquote, you know, 
pro-employee, pro-candidate gurus that have never worked a day in recruiting. They're putting all these false narratives out there that are just not reality. And then when folks like yourselves come on there and we speak the truth, we're getting blasted. Yeah. Well, because people don't like, you know, they don't like reality. I mean, this is why, you know, this is why I think my candidates and clients like me. This is why, I mean, Forbes is all voted on by clients and candidates, you know, because they tell them the truth. They don't like the truth, but they respect the truth. You know, you go on and tell someone, oh, my God, I can just I can light your your inbox up with this magical email. You can lose 50 pounds in two days. You know, I mean, it sounds great. Who doesn't want to hear it? You know, but that's for the lemmings. You know, yeah. reality, that's not what's going to get. It's not going to work. It's not going to get it done. Now, all these people that come in, all these, these, you know, gurus that tell you all these great things. They've never done it. You know, they've yeah. read a book. You know, I mean, like, great. You know, you regurgitate half a sentence from someone, but. Yeah, now you're now now you're thought leader here. So, Rich, yeah. let's bring it home here. You have um a a a a rookie recruiter, right? You just hire a rookie recruiter. Let's give a little example here. And this rookie recruiter, he or she is, you know, standing in front of you on day one. What golden advice are you going to give him or her to be successful and have a long lasting career in the world of recruitment? It, it's really what I just said. Honestly, it's be yourself, be honest, tell you know, have a long term perspective on everything. Everything you do is for that long term relationship. It's not for the immediate commission. And that's where I think, again, millions of people fail at this job. They're all about today. And if you think of your, your, your candidates as your clients for tomorrow, you know, your client's paying you today, but your candidate's going to pay you tomorrow type of thing. <laughs> y- you make a fortune. It's so short-sighted too. And I talk about this. Why are so many people not understanding the value of the long game? You and I, I would not have my career, my success without putting the long game first and only playing the long game. And not being transactional. And we talk about this all the time in recruiting. That candidate that you just placed is going to become a hiring manager. And you leave them with a great experience. And you put them in a position to succeed. Who the fuck do you think they're going to call when they need to make a hire? It's going to be you. Well, that's it. Well, that, and that's exactly where You're all, planting your own seeds. Well, well, that, well, that's exactly where all these internal recruiters are screwing everything up. And not all of them. So I apologize for the ones that are actually good and actually have a customer experience, a candidate journey that they're going Correct. to enjoy. They're not just sending out templated emails, automated. Hey, we received your resume. Interview with us at this date. You know, I mean, they don't work. These candidates get completely turned off on it because you're getting a thousand of them. You know, and honestly, on that topic too, if they're gonna, you're paying a recruiter a lot of money. Let us mm. do our job. If you're, if you don't like the recruiter, don't use that recruiter. There's enough good recruiters out there that actually want to hold the candidate's hand through the process for your benefit, not to take your job, not to fight with you, but to actually make sure we all win. And you know, if the more internal folks understood that. It'd be a better world for all of us. Yeah, no, that's that's tremendous here, Rich. So what is what is the single greatest piece of advice you've ever received that you take action on every day? Single greatest piece of advice I've ever gotten. I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, you know, to me, it's always like you said earlier, it's all about being planned. It's all about following through. It's it's really just doing what you say. You know, it's like if there was a big thread on this on Facebook, it was like, you know, on being on time. Like to me, you know. You like my, I tell my kids all the time. It's like, listen, if you're supposed to be at work at eight o'clock, you're there at like 10 of eight. You're not walking in the door at eight o'clock. It's really fucking annoying. You know, people are counting on you to be there to start. So it's not get there and get ready, get your coat off. It's like, no, you're ready to go and just be present. I mean, this job is, this job is a life changing job. I mean, for, you know, for, yeah. I mean, dude, I, that my last week of March, I made enough money to cover the, for the week my daughter graduated, uh, committed to college. I made enough money to cover all four years of college. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, a, it's, it's that's, that's, 
Yeah, that's 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 absurd. It's life changing, and you create your own opportunities. Yeah. What what would you say is your superpower? What do you do better than almost anyone on this planet that makes you who you are and so good at it? Yeah, honestly, I just think it's the every time I talk to people, it's energy. It's real. You know, it's it's real. I I I don't waste their time. I give them actual advice. You know, even if they don't ask for it, tough luck. You're gonna get it. You know, it's it's just you know, it, but it's all done to help them, and they appreciate the honesty. It's not done to be a jerk. You know. And I think there's a difference. It's all about, you know, tone and inflection in your voice. You could say, you know, everyone could say the same thing, but it sounds so different. Right. I think. And I just like I I talk loud. I talk energetic, and I, you know, I just think it's just it's the easy way to do this job is just being authentic. You know. I, I love it, man. So let's bring it home, Aaron. Last but not least, right? You have an incredible career. And, you know, to be successful in this industry, you have to have tenacity and you have to be able to pull through those bad days, those bad weeks. Even Rich Rosen has had a bad run in the last couple of decades, right? So when you need to pull yourself up and harness that tenacity and keep yourself going, and on the flip side of that, when you're grateful that you just had a freaking killer, killer month, man, killer quarter, you're able to take care of shit in life and you want to show gratitude for this life, this world, this business that you bought. Rich Rosen, what is your focus in life? What is your compass? What is your North Star? Dude, I'm pretty simple, man. <laughs> I'm all about the money. <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't have a new star other than, listen, I want to have enough to retire, provide for, and do what I want, when I want, how I want. I always want to have enough to tell clients to fuck off, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's it's really that simple. I mean, it, you know, it's really, I, I wish I had a better, deeper purpose, but man, I'm all Dude. about making money. Right. But that's the odyssey. But that money, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. That money is able to fuel your options and do what you want in life and take care of the people closest to you. That's it. I mean, how is that a bad thing? Right. Make money, be happy, travel, have fun, do what you want. That's it. I mean, that's that's what we're all doing. That's I mean, if you're in this business to be a social worker, God bless you. I'm not. You know, (laughs) I want to make money, helps everyone out in the return. I think this job is a complete win, win, win for everyone. Client gets a better candidate. Old client, old company loses some dead wood. It wasn't that excited about it. Candidate gets a better job. I make money. I mean, who get, who's really getting hurt here? You know? And there you have it, folks. This has been real talk, I, real recruiter talk. Um, Rich, I want to thank you so much for your time here. Where can folks connect with you? Where can they learn? Where can they find more? Yeah, honestly, I am maxed out on connections on LinkedIn, believe it or not. So <laughs> good. Uh, so it, it, hopefully I'll switch over to follow. So you can follow me on LinkedIn, connect me on Facebook. That's all great. And happy to answer any questions, man. That's awesome. And, and everyone out there, thanks for hanging with us. Cause I, I, you know, at 220 episodes, I look back, I'm like, shit, I need to get back to my roots and I need to have some recruiter talk. What this show is, we need to talk shop here and there's no one better in the business. He is an icon. He's a legend. I'm grateful for you, Rich, for showing and leading the way of how to do things the right way in this business and always keeping it real. Rich Rosa, thank you for joining me. Hang with me for one moment here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. <clears throat> awesome. Good stuff, folks. And you know where to find out more thepodcast.com. I got some more recruiters coming up. I'm, I got a good show coming up with Joe Mullings, a little bit different approach to recruiting. So you got to see the yin and the yang of what's going on here. But you know where to find out more at thepodcast.com. Follow us on our social media channels. Remember, take care of each other. Look out for one another and catch us next week for another great episode of The Podcast. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.